Isn't God good? We want to make much of Jesus Christ here. He's one we come to worship and praise and we honor him. And uh, one day there's going to be a time and we're going to see that in our series here. At some point, we're all going to be gathered around his throne singing praises to him. And uh, we're just getting started. We're practicing right now is all we're doing. And so I hope that you enjoyed singing to the Lord this morning. Revelation chapter 13, Revelation chapter 13. I believe we have a few to be uh, join the church at the end of the service today. So I want to invite you as soon as we close the service and begin the invitation, if you'll make your way this way and uh, we will conclude our service with having some added into our church this morning. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for those that were baptized today. And um, what a what a great way to start the week of Thanksgiving. Just a heart of joy, a heart of praise to the Lord. I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for this church and uh, what you do for the Lord. And the uh, Lord's just been good to us, and we're so thankful for that. In Revelation chapter number 13, we're going to begin reading in verse number 11. And <clears throat> before I do that, I want to... <clears throat> I'm going to address some things today. There's... The Antichrist is going to come. He is going to rule this world. And I'm, uh, I'm going to come back to the Antichrist. And I'm going to just go a little bit ahead. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the false prophet today. I want our, I want our, our messages as we're, as we're going through these last several weeks. <clears throat> I want us to have a clear understanding of the word of God. I want you to know what the Bible says. Because I, I feel like this, if we understand what the Bible says, we then understand we're not to live in fear. I believe that we're living in last days. Do you believe that church? We can rejoice. The closer we get to the, the, the son of God, coming and getting his bride, the most more exciting it ought to be. As we are going to be with our Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of eternity, we shouldn't live in fear leading up to that. We should be preparing. We should be getting ready for this great wedding day with Jesus Christ. And the Bible has given us such clear instruction on so many things. And every time we receive clear instruction from the word of God, we're always commanded as well not to be troubled, to be comforted. And we are living in last days. And some of the things that we see unfolding before us, we're seeing prophecy un, uh, fulfilled. We're seeing the, the end times unfold right before us. And as we study through this, we're going to see some things you're going to say, that makes sense. But it, not, it ought not drive us to be concerned with fear, but it ought to drive us as children of God to live for God and also to tell the world that Jesus Christ is coming again. That's our goal. And when we study through these passages of scriptures, we should leave every week like an army of soldiers ready to serve the King of Kings ready to tell at Jesus Christ, 
the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so I want to preface that today as we begin to look in Revelation chapter 13. Look with me in verse number 11. John is writing as he is looking into the, the time of, during the tribulation. We've, we studied the, the, the rapture of the church. We looked at the tribulation period. John is looking and describing now things that are taking place during the tribulation. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now, Again, we're going to study the Antichrist. I'm coming to this part first, and then we'll go back, and I'm doing that on, on purpose today. The Antichrist is going to rise to power. He's going to be wounded. He's going to be wounded with a deadly wound, and he's going to be brought back to life. We find that, that deadly wound in the first part of this chapter, chapter 13. And so we find again, so whose deadly wound was healed? The first beast that we read of here is the Antichrist. This beast, the another beast, he says in verse number 11, is the false prophet. And we're going to look today what the job or what the, the false prophet is going to do during the tribulation period. And he doeth great wonders, in verse number 13, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceive them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which, he had, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. So we here we find this. There's a mark that is going to be given to every single person here on this earth. And he says, everyone, in verse number 16, everyone, both rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in the right hand or in their forehead, they're going to receive this mark and it's going to be called the mark of the beast and it's going to be the number 666. And without this mark, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade. Now, I want you to understand this comes in the tribulation. This comes after the beast has been identified or the Antichrist has been identified. A great mortal wound is given to him. In verse number three, look there, I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. 
and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. And this is what's going to happen with the Antichrist. And there's going to be one that's going to be the, the false prophet, the verses we read, 11 down to 18. He is going to come and, and, and he is going to, his job or his, his, his uh, goal is going to be to prop up the Antichrist. And we're gonna look at today, uh, I wanna get ahead of myself here, but we're gonna look at today this, this mark of the beast and this, this, this false prophet today. Satan is going to fill the Antichrist. Look with me in verse number two of chapter 13. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were his feet of a bear, his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon, the dragon is Satan himself. So we have the dragon is Satan, we have the false prophet and we have the antichrist. Those are the, the three players that we're see from this point forward. The dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. There's going to be one, the antichrist is going to come and he's gonna set up a, a one world government here upon this earth. His power is going to come from Satan himself. Satan is going to possess him, give him power. He's going to give him a seat. He's going to give him great authority. The Antichrist is against Christ. He's going to claim to be Christ and he's going to deceive the world. You know, the world is looking for a savior. The world is looking for the Messiah. The Messiah is Jesus Christ. He has come, but he is going to, he has been rejected and the Antichrist is going to come and, and Satan is going to set him up with his power, set him on a seat, set him up with great authority. You know what the world is going to believe? Even Israel for a time is going to be deceived, believing that this is the Messiah. This is the one world leader to set up his kingdom. So there's three. I want you to write these down. I want you to remember these. The dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. You know, it's interesting. Satan has always tried to mimic God. Always. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Satan wants God's authority. He's always been after God's authority. He's jealous of God's authority. Isaiah, we'll see there in just a moment, there was a war in heaven and its war in heaven took place because Satan desires God's authority. The beast or the antichrist is there and he desires Jesus's authority. He desires to be the Messiah. The false prophet, the false prophet is like the Holy Spirit of God, which would be leading people. The Holy Spirit leads people to Jesus Christ. The false prophet is going to be leading people to the Antichrist. And so what we find is Satan does everything he can to mimic God. God is three in one. We call it the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Satan is going to try to mimic that here as well. There's coming... A, um, a day there's gonna come a man that will be the one to unite the world into a common market. The world is gonna be, uh, uh, come together as a common government and the world is gonna come together as a common faith and the false prophet is the one is gonna be his responsibility according to Revelation chapter 13 that he is going to initiate this or bring this into play so that the Antichrist will be over a common market, a common government 
in a common faith. Now, what's interesting is as we study this passage of scripture, we see these things unfolding today. Now, church, I want to remind you this. Just because we see them unfolding, don't confuse the word of God. We're going to see these things come to pass. I will say this to you, and I say this to you uh, 100% positive for sure, the vaccine of COVID-19 is not the mark of the beast. Now, it is a precursor of that for sure. I had a fella, I had told you this, I believe he had called me and he said uh, he, he uh, wanted to talk about the vaccine. I said, of course. He said, do you believe it's the mark of the beast? I said, no, it's not. He said, well, how do you know that? And I told him this, I know that because the Bible tells us when the mark is going to come. Revelation chapter 13. And I said, we're not there yet. He said, but don't you see that a lot of this and is kind of, and I suggest we're going to be seeing that as we get closer to the Lord's return, as we get closer to the tribulation, as we get closer to the Antichrist coming, we're going to see the world coming into focus, into play. But we're not to get confused because when we get confused and we get things out of order, we now begin fearful. We become afraid. We are Bible believers. What we believe is always based upon the word of God. We don't base anything upon our emotions or our feelings. How many of you had a feeling and the feeling was wrong? How many of you had an emotion one time and you realized that emotion was wrong? Yeah, if we base things upon emotions and feelings, we have a 50-50 chance that we're wrong. If we base truth, base what we believe upon the truth of the word of God, you will never be wrong because the word of God is always right. And so the, 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 the false prophet, he's going to do this on behalf of the Antichrist. He's going to bring all of these things into play, all of these things together, a common market, a common government, and a common faith. He's going to do this on behalf of the Antichrist. So I want you to write this down. I wanna just give you a few things here today. Number one, <clears throat> would you write this down? Look with me in verse number 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Would you write this down? Number one, he's going to be a servant of Satan. The false prophet is going to be a servant of Satan. He's going to deceive. He's going to be, be the one that's going to be peddling lies. He's going to be deceiving with these lies and he's going to do it because he's a servant of Satan. He is not a, certain of, a servant of God. He's not a servant of truth. He's a servant to lies. We know this, that Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar. If you, wanna, if you want to know, should I believe anything that Satan says? The answer is no, because everything he says is a lie. He's going to do everything he can to bring power and authority to himself. And so we find this, number one, the, 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 the um, false prophet is going to be a servant of Satan. He's going to be a master of deception. He's going to be a master of camouflage. 
His whole purpose is going to be to deceive. Now, how many of you, there's things that are happening all around you and, and you're looking at the news, you're looking at world reports and you really, you're honestly, you say to yourself, I just don't know what to believe. Has anybody else thought the same thing? It seems so convincing Yes, that is what is going to happen. The false prophet, his whole job, his whole goal is going to be a master of deception. He, he seems to appear harmless. The Bible says he's as a, as a lamb. He has two horns as like a lamb. How many of you ever saw a lamb and you were afraid of a lamb? No, oh, I mean, if you read little uh, books for children, you know, the lamb is there and the lamb is such a, a tender, such a kind, such a, a loving animal. It's a, it's a lamb. There's a, a little children, you buy him a little stuffed animal, you would buy him a lamb. And so here we see him, he seems to be uh, harmless, but the Bible says this, and he spake as a dragon. He may seem to be harmless, but he speaks for the devil. He may appear, he's going to come across. And this is where we want to understand something and we see things happening all around us. And this is why we need to make sure that the word of God is our foundation and the Bible is where we put everything into and we believe what the Bible says because we could even see today's world, whether it be governmental leaders, whether it be the news media, whether it be reports that, they, that are trying to cause the human race to be coming closer and closer to this, this one world government, you're going to find there's going to be a master deception, master camouflage. It's going to appear very harmless, but it's Satan's plan. Go with me to John chapter number eight, if you would please. John chapter eight. I just simply want you to write these down. Again, I, I say this to you every week. We're going to be in a, a scripture, several passages of scripture. Just write those down if you can't get to those. But I want you to, I want you to, to, to turn there if you can, write it down, go back and study if you can. But Jesus says this. I want you to see this is what Jesus says of, of Satan. You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus is describing Satan here. This is what the false prophet is going to come in and he is going to peddle and manipulate and deceive with lies. Why? Because he's propping up Satan himself. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians, if you would, please. 2 Thessalonians in your Bible. 2 Thessalonians, and I want you to go there to, to uh, chapter number two. 2 Thessalonians chapter number two, and look with me in verse number 11. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God is going to allow them. Now, it doesn't say that God is going to, to give them a lie. He is going to cloud their eyes and their judgment so that they're going to believe a lie. Who is going to give them that lie? Satan himself, the false prophet, is going to get present this lie and man is going to believe this lie. Whatever it is that Satan wants the world to believe, it is gonna be peddled by the false prophet and the world is gonna follow this lie. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 24. If you would please, Matthew chapter number 24. 
And look with me in verse number 24. Jesus says this, for there shall rise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now, this is what I want you to understand. Jesus is saying this, what they, what they tell and the information they give, it's going to seem believable. It's going to seem so real. There, you're going to scratch your head and you're going to say, but, but, but it sounds so true. And, and so many people are going to believe these lies to the place where it's even that they, if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect or, or those that know the truth. And how do we not get deceived because we're not grounded in our emotions or feelings, but we're grounded in the word of God. We believe what the word of God says. When you're in doubt, just simply trust the word of God. Don't doubt the word of God. And so here we know this of this false prophet. He's going to be a, a master communicator. He's gonna control the media. Now, we, we look at things like the media today, and I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm addressing this passage of Scripture on purpose because I want us to be able to look at end times prophecy and put things in place, even in today's world. Because we're seeing, even the media, we're seeing it come to the place where it's going to be the, the communication tool for the Antichrist. And Christians say, well, what do I do with this? Just understand that everything is folding right into place. God is in control. His plan and his, his, his prophecy is coming into place. Instead of being afraid as we see it in place, we should find confidence and security that God's word is true. Think about this. If it wasn't true, we ought to be afraid. But even when we see, see fearful things or scary things or difficult times on the horizon, we have confidence that God is saying this is what's going to happen. Aren't you glad as you study the Bible and we look at end times prophecy that it actually is coming to pass? If it wasn't, we ought to be fearful. Is what God said isn't true? No, when we see what God says is coming to pass and true, it ought to give us confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to tell a lie. Everyone is going to believe these lies. We believe this, the, the, uh, the Antichrist, the, the, the false prophet, he's going to have great verbal skills and he's going to make you believe anything he chooses. His whole desire and goal, the responsibility of the false prophet is to deceive the world and get the world, mankind, to believe Whatever Satan, the dragon, once said. Go with me to 2 John chapter number one, if you would please. 2 John chapter number one. In verse number seven, the Bible says this, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. How do you know? How do you know if something's true or if something's not? If it is pointing to Jesus Christ, if it's proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Messiah, it's true. 
if it's causing your attention to go to something other than Jesus Christ, then it's not true. World governments today are not prompting and promoting Jesus Christ. They're pushing themselves as the answer. This is where we need to be careful when it comes to things like communism and socialism. What they're saying is there is no God. The government is God. We need to be careful of that because anytime someone says there is no God, there is no Christ, you mark it down, they're a deceiver and an antichrist. Number two, would you write this down about the, be, of the uh, false prophet? He will be a worker of worship. His, his responsibility, number one, he is, going to be, he is going to be the servant of Satan. Number two, he is going to be the worker of worship. Look with me in verse number 12. Go back to Revelation chapter 13. And look with me in verse number 12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. He exercised all the power of the Antichrist. He caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The, the false prophet, his responsibility will call everyone to worship the beast. There is going to be a one world government and a one world religion during the tribulation, worshiping the beast. In Isaiah chapter number 14, go there with me. I know I, I wanna go here, even, even with our time this morning, I wanna go here because I want you to see something here. Because you need to understand, this is not something that is just happening today. In Isaiah chapter number 14, in verse number 12, I want to show you there is a, a battle that took place in heaven. And as we clearly understand the Bible, it helps put things in perspective. The Bible tells us this in verse number 12 of Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut, off, cut to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of a congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. We're getting a glimpse into Satan's thoughts and Satan's desires. From the very beginning, Satan, his desire, I want to be like the most high. Satan has for all of the time done everything he can to be God. That has been his goal. He wants to be like the most high. He wants to be worshiped. He wants to be honored. And when God created the earth and he created mankind and he put, he made mankind in his own image, Satan desired for man to worship God uh, himself, not to worship God. And so we know the story that sin entered in the world through the deception of Satan himself. And Satan has always tried to get what only belongs to God. Here during the tribulation time, once the church is raptured out of the earth, we're going to find that Satan, through the Antichrist, is going to set up a one world government, a one world religion. For what reason? So that Satan can be worshiped. See, all of this that we read, all of the prophecy that we're going to study, it all goes back to Satan desires to be God. The false prophet is going to call everyone to worship the beast. 
This, what we read here in Isaiah, is the ambition of Satan. Satan wants worship. That's what he's after. Satan tried to get Jesus. I won't turn there for sake of time, but in Luke chapter four, verses five through eight, Jesus is fasting there in the desert place and Satan comes to Jesus. And what does Satan desire for Jesus? You know what he wanted? Just worship me. That's all he desired. Just worship me. He wanted Jesus to worship him. Now, have you ever realized that we are headed into a one world religion? Have you seen that? We can easily see that we are heading into a global uh, uh, government, a one world government. We're, we're, we're coming into a one world religion and this is all part of the false prophet's responsibility. He is going to help usher in where all of the world will worship the beast. This is why Christianity is hated by the world today. Why do you think Christianity is hated? Because Christianity says this, Jesus Christ is the only way. There's not many ways. You see, and even in a one world government, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're worshiping the beast. No, with Jesus, we can't believe anything that we want to believe. We believe that there is only one way to heaven. And because of that, because we believe in the word of God, because we believe that there's only one way, because we believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, is the King of Kings, is the Lord of Lords, because we only believe there is one God, Jehovah, uh, because we believe that, it is because of that reason Christians today are seen as terrorists. They're seen as problems today. Why is that? Because we're going against what Satan wants to establish. Christians are attacked for their belief in the Bible. You can pray, just don't pray in Jesus's name. Oh, Christian today though, what I want to proclaim to us today, that although we're seeing these things unfold, we are not to cower, we cannot quit. We believe and we boldly proclaim. And I wanna say to you with confidence today that as long as I'm preaching behind this pulpit, we're going to preach there is only one way to heaven and his name is Jesus Christ. We believe this. To preach the inclusiveness of Jesus Christ is what causes the world to hate us. You've seen and heard this term, the new world order. You've heard this, world, this term, the new world order, by world leaders, including even presidents of the United States. Mikhail Gorbachev, if you remember him from years ago, from uh, uh, communist Russia, they interviewed him after the 9-11 attacks and he made this statement that he is hoping that through these attacks that the new world order will come into effect. It is being preached in every nation's capital, the new world order. Be careful as you hear these words. Be careful as you hear them as they're presented. They're presented like a lamb. They're presented as peace. They're presented as why would humanity not want to follow into this safe structure? But I want you to know when those terms and those words are used, they may be presented as a lamb, but they're used to prop up the dragon. The world is looking for a leader. The world is looking for a leader to bring peace. 
The world is looking to bring every, the, for a leader to bring everything together. And this is the desire of the world. And listen to me, Christian, as the world longs for that, we must understand we already have that. His name is Jesus. The Antichrist is going to bring the world together to save the earth, thus saving the human race. Now listen to me, and I, 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 I'm careful with this, but hear my heart with this. I believe I have a recycling container outside my house. We use it sometimes. <laughs> I believe that we are to be good stewards with what God has given us, but we are not to worship it. We're to steward it. We don't live for this world. We live for the creator of this world. We don't worship this world. We don't worship this earth. We worship the creator of this earth. We see things coming into play. Anything that speaks against this is the enemy. Anything that speaks against coming together to save the world, to worship the world, to save the earth, anything that speaks against that is the enemy and must be stopped. I want you to know this, no matter what man says, no matter what government says, no matter what the media says, at any given time, there is at least a thousand and seven years left upon this earth. You say, how do you know that? Because we're Bible believers. We know there's a seven year tribulation, then we know there's a, a thousand year, a millennial reign of Jesus Christ. He is going to set up his kingdom here upon this earth. So you know what that means? Earth is not going to destruct in 10 years. We're not all going to die in 20 years. The world is not going to come to an end until God determines that fate. Man can't bring something to an end that God is in control over. Man doesn't have the power, but yet that's what is preached, that man has the power. Listen to me today. Man has no power. Only God has power. There's a great call today for all religions to unite. The Muslims have began to put together how Christians can unite with the Muslim faith. You see it across the board today, how, how Christians in other uh, denominations and other belief systems can unite. Oh, listen to me today. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, then we can never unite with anyone that would believe anything differently. That would be heresy. Number three, write this down. I need to hurry. The, fal the false prophet will be a master of miracles. In verse number 13, go back to Revelation 13. In verse number 13, the Bible says this, and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which he had wounded, which, which had the wound by a sword and did live. The false prophet is going to make a mass, be a master of miracles. The beast is going to have supernatural power. Satan is going to give him power. 
In verse number 13, verse number 14 and 15, we find this. There's gonna be fire from heaven. Now, there are some Bible scholars that try to figure that out. What does that mean? And this is where I simply think we could begin to think things like nuclear weapons. We can begin to think all kinds of things. I don't know what those are. You don't know what they are. And guess what? Bible theologians don't know what they are. All we know is this. There's going to be power that he's going to possess, and it's going to cause the world to think that this man is one to be worshiped. Fire is going to come from heaven. There's going to be an image that is going to be set up, the image to the beast. He's gonna do wonders and miracles that will give glory to the Antichrist, not God. How do we know this isn't true? Because any time man does anything to give someone other than God glory, it is not of God. Here man is trying to save the earth in his own power. And oh, listen to me today, I say it's laughable. It's laughable. You know what we find? Every time man tries to do something, man fails. You know what we learned over this last 18 months? Man doesn't have power. God does. Man wants you to believe that he has power, but only God has power. Man is trying to cure disease in his own power, but guess what? It's of God. I love to hear those testimonies when the doctors will say to patients, I, I just can't believe that this, this happened, and, and I can't believe that you're cured. I can't believe the result of this. And we hear children of God says, you might not believe it, but I believe it because I believe in the power of prayer. Oh, listen to me today. Yes, man has knowledge and man has used that knowledge to help in great ways in the human race in curing diseases. But I want you to know this. All of that information, all of that knowledge comes from God. Number four, would you write this down? The false prophet will be a controller of commerce. Now, this is important today because I want you to understand this. In verse number 16, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or except he has that mark, he can't buy or sell. Or the name of the beast or the number of his name. He is wisdom, let him that hath here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count that number of the beast for it is number of man and that number is six Six, six. Would you mark this down? He's going to have a controller of, he's going to be the controller of commerce. Every human being will have to receive a mark in order to buy, sell, and trade. You know what the one world economy is going to turn into? A cashless society. How many of you see that is on the horizon just around the corner? Matter of fact, my kids will say to me, Dad, you have $5, and I'll say, I don't carry cash. My daughter babysat for someone the other night, and she, my wife was telling me, she said, I need to get this, I don't even know what it's called. Is it Vemo? Vemo? I need to get Vemo. I said, what is Vemo? And she's like, all you got to do is put, and I said, but how do you use Vemo? Like, I don't even, I'm really ignorant to all this stuff. I know how to use a credit card. But now they've got this PayPal that you can just transfer money. I said, but eventually, how do you use it? It's just, you just keep transferring money. But there's really no money. It's just all digital. Exactly. We're seeing this all come into play. There's a cashless society. We're headed there. It's, it's, it's already overwhelming. Now, listen to me today. 
If you use it, I'm not saying that you're using the mark of the beast today. Please don't get that. Please don't. I don't want anybody here saying, oh my goodness, am I? No. Those are precursors that we see are coming into play. 50 years ago, 100 years ago, when we talk about a cashless society or one world economy, people would believe it because the Bible said it, but they couldn't really see it. They see it today. We're so close to it today. And the, 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 the beast, the second beast, the false prophet, is gonna be promoting this and pushing this. You know what it's going to do? It's gonna track where you are at all times. Now, this is not some sci-fi thing. If you have a cell phone, they already do that. Yeah, and this is not some weird, like, uh, you know, 100 years ago, somebody had a watch, and if they told you you could communicate with that watch, and then Apple Watch came out. No, if you have an Apple Watch, you're not taking the mark of the beach. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying to you, those are the technology of things that we're seeing come to pass. We can communicate around the world. We can transfer money around the world. Everyone knows where you are. My wife said to me just recently, I want you to download this app. I said, why? She says, then I can know where you are all the time. I said, no way. She'll know I'm in the ice cream aisle at Kroger. I'm not giving her that kind of liberty. She's going to track everything. She won't even ask what you buy it. You were there in that aisle. You were in the chip aisle in the Oreo aisle. You know where? No, I'm not giving her that ability. I'm hiding as long as I can. But oh, listen to me, all of it's already in place. You can be tracked, cash to society, communication around the world, a computer chip is what it believed that is going to be placed in your hand. The technology for that is coming. It's already out. There's companies right now that all of your data, all of your medical record, all of your, everything you see, why do you think that every government in this world is going to a government healthcare system? You know why? Because all of your information... Right now, today, even in our country, there's bills that, they, that our government is wanting to pass where they can see into every bank account. They will know everything about you. Listen to me, and this is why I say to you, sometimes we just get anxious and excited and, and angered about that. It's in the Bible. It's coming to pass. And as it comes to pass, you know what we rejoice in? That Jesus Christ is coming and as we see these things unfold, church, look up your redemption, draweth nigh. If these things weren't happening, we'd be far away from the return of Christ. But as we read in the Bible, we say that's happening and that's happening, that's happening. How's the church to respond? Jesus Christ is coming soon. Glory to the Lamb of God. My time is done. Let's pray. Father, Lord, help us today. There's so much happening so quickly. There's so many things that are taking place, Lord, that can cause us to be nervous and scared. But as these things unfold, that trump is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise and those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up in the clouds. We're going to heaven and we thank you for it. So Lord, give us calm, give us peace, give us security. 
May the knowledge of these things not bring worry, but may the knowledge of these things bring us great joy and in turn give us a heart and a desire to serve you till this day comes. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're here today and you are wanting to join, we want you to come now, please. I want to ask you this question as you're standing today. What's the most important thing that we can do? The most important thing we can do is live for Jesus Christ. And first, I want to ask those today that know Jesus Christ as their Savior. How many today would say this? My heart, my desire, my goal as I hear prophecy being fulfilled as we study end times, as we even study this one world government, this one world religion, this one world economy. It doesn't bring fear. It brings excitement knowing that any moment that Trump is going to sound and we are going to be raptured out of this place. How many would say this? I identify with that today. I am saved. I know I'm saved. And I cannot wait for the trump to sound because I'm seeing my Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you would identify with that today? Would you raise your hand? Praise the Lord for that. Maybe you weren't able to raise your hand. Maybe today you'd say, you know what? I don't know. I'm living in fear. All these things around me are causing me great angst. And I'm, I'm living in tribulation now. I'm living in fear now. I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about all these things. Listen to me today. There's hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's your peace. He's your rest. He's your safety. He's your security. The Bible says, if anyone calls upon him, thou shalt be saved. If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart.